This is Mr. Biz Radio, sponsored by Capital Plus. Over the next half hour, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth, a two-time national best-selling author and leading business advisor, will cover topics that help business owners operate their businesses more profitably and more efficiently. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, this program is for you. And now, here's Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. All right, welcome to another episode of Mr. Biz Radio with me, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. And we are Mr. Biz Radio is brought to you by Capital Plus. They unlock your capital and unleash your business potential. They create customized financial solutions for growing businesses nationwide. And you can give them a call at 855-522-3951 or go out to check them out on the web at capplus.com forward slash Mr. Biz. Um, so today's show is an Ask Mr. Biz episode. And specifically, what I've done is to try, and usually we have these shows and they're all, uh, they get all mixed up and whatnot and a bunch of different topics, but I've gotten so many questions about specifically around hiring. And I know it's a challenge that businesses are facing. Uh, it doesn't matter geography, industry, niche, doesn't matter. Uh, businesses, clients I talk to um, all over, everywhere, up and down the scale, are, this is a massive challenge for them. Uh, finding good people, finding people, period, and then finding good people is uh, is something that's very difficult. And so all of these questions that we're going to talk about today on today's show uh, are all around that, basically um, attracting, hiring, and retaining the best employees and how to do that in the most efficient manner and making sure you don't miss out on some of those best candidates that are out there. I've got some statistics, of course. Mr. Mr. Biz is a numbers nerd, as we always talk about. Um, so... We're going to talk about some of those and some st statistics that might uh, kind of shock you a little bit. So uh, I've kind of mixed these all in, but I want to, I, do, I do want to give a shout out to the people who sent in these questions because um, I kind of mixed them all together and put them in chronological order as far as attracting, hiring, and retaining. Uh, so Joseph in London, so shout out to Joseph in London for, for listening and sending in one of the questions. Uh, Trey in Phoenix, Arizona uh, Emma in Charlotte, North Carolina, Sarah in San Jose, California, say that three times fast, Sarah, San Jose, California, and uh, Mike in the good old warm, humid Houston, Texas. So those are the five people that s submitted the questions that we're going to go over today. So thanks to those guys. Again, if you ever have questions you want to submit to the show, you can uh, email at info at com, or you could even tweet them to me uh, on Twitter. I'm at MrBizTweets. Go out there and follow me, share a ton of content out there. Would love to have uh, have you follow and, and uh, ask questions and interact and engage. And, um, you know, I do a lot of video content as well. If there's any video topics you'd like me to cover that might be helpful for, your, for you or your business, certainly let me know. All right, so the first one is uh, we're going to talk through a little bit about um, what do you do when you, you know, you have a job opening. Um, someone leaves unexpectedly maybe or even expectedly, and now all of a sudden you have a gap on your team. And one of the things I think that is really important is that not enough people do. Most people, because you're extremely busy, the first thing is you have panic mode and you say, oh my gosh, what the heck am I going to do? Susie just left, Bob just left, I'm in trouble. Well, I would suggest and recommend the first thing you should do is take a step back and evaluate your current team. And what I mean by that is not are they good or bad or crappy or sad. Uh, what I mean by that is what are the skills that your team has? Um, so I had a, an instance uh, long ago in my corporate career where we had a management team meeting and we had all taken, uh, if you guys are familiar with uh, Myers-Briggs test, 
and we'd all taken it. And our fearless leader, there were seven of us uh, and, our, and our boss, so there were eight all together. And all, uh, seven out of the eight were the exact same Myers-Briggs um, thing. So if you're not familiar, it's a uh, uh, kind of a personality test that tells you if you are like introverted, extroverted, um, intuitive, um, if you're a judger, you're a thinker, et cetera. And so there's four, uh, you get a letter for each one of these choices. And so you have a four letter thing. So I was an ENTJ, uh, if any of you are familiar with it. Um, and so seven of us out of eight were ENTJs. Um, and so, and, and, and our boss was an ENTJ. So he thought that was awesome, right? Oh my gosh. Cause ENTJs are supposed to be the leaders, the ones who get stuff done, et cetera, et cetera. So he said, oh man, this is great. We got all these ENTJs, man. And of course, because that's what he is, he thinks that's you know a really good four-letter combination. Um, but as I thought about it, is that such a good thing? Because, and this is what I'm, I'm getting to on this whole assessing your team and their personality traits and everything, is you don't want everyone that that's, thinks exactly the same because you end up having a lot of groupthink. You end up having a lot of you know nodding their heads, a new idea comes up, and everyone nods. Instead of having some different backgrounds, some different vantage points to where someone can say, hey, wait a minute, you know, I like talking with someone, so I, I'm not very artsy person or whatsoever. I've got a cousin um, who, Lauren, uh, out in Iowa. So if you're watching, Lauren, shout out to you. But, um, you know, she's very artsy. I love talking with her because she has a completely different vantage point a lot of times on things, not on everything, but on, on certain things because she's very creative. She's an art-driven person. I'm not. You know, I'm business numbers nerd guy, et cetera. So it's always awesome to get that different vantage point. I might not agree with what she says. She might not agree with what I say, but that's okay. At least you get that vantage point and you kind of learn from that. So assess your team. So when you start looking, so so now you know what to look for in that next person. Um, And it could be even if you have a field service business, for example, think about it this way. Um, If you have techs that are, you you have, let's say you have five techs and four of them are really good at. Um, you know, if these five skills, but you're really lacking these other three skills that are critical to your business and you get a lot of volume from, um, you know, you want to look for a tech that has that skill set. So that's going to help you narrow down and help you put together a good job description because you may tweak your job description instead of just using a general one. You may say, hey, I need someone with these specific skill sets because my current team is now lacking this because of the person that left or just lacking it in general. So an important one to consider there before you even get started with anything is think about what you actually need. Um, uh, along the lines that why, you know, I've talked to some owners and they're not getting enough candidates. And one of the way, reasons that you don't get enough candidates is you got to think about it. When you write a job description or you post a job somewhere, the number one thing you need to do if you want to attract candidates is not write some flowery, flowery um, job description. It's you have to be able to answer the one question. Now, think about it. Put yourself in the candidate's shoes. What is the one question that they are most needing to answer to apply for your job? Why should I leave where I'm at to come and work at your company? And so many times a job description ends up being almost like a freaking biography of this is what you got to do, you got to do, you got to do, you got to do. It doesn't answer that question. It doesn't tell you why is it so great to work with you? Why is it so great? Why should I leave the current salon that I work in and come and work in your salon. What, what the heck is different about that? A salon's a salon, right? We've all got the same equipment. We all kind of do the generally the same things. Why is it better to work there? If you can answer that question in the job posting and or the job description, I promise you, you will not only get more candidates applying, you'll get more quality 
candidates applying. Um, you got to be able to answer that question. Um, and I do have an example of that, actually. And it's funny I said that, was, uh, and it was from a salon. Um, and so we're actually up against a break here. I don't have time to go into that. But I'm going to pick up after that uh, with that thought. We'll come back after the break, go through the Mr. Biz Tip of the Week, and jump right back in. Um, and again, we've just been, uh, we'll, we'll finish up that second question, and we've got three more we're going to cover uh, before we wrap the show today. But again, today's show, Ask Mr. Biz, it's all about how to attract, hire, and retain your best employees. So go out and follow us on social media. Uh, we're out on Instagram, Mr. Biz Solutions, Facebook, same thing. Um, tons of content there we share uh, almost every day on, again, Twitter. I mentioned that, Mr. Biz Tweets. And on LinkedIn, uh, you can find me out there, Mr. Biz, out on LinkedIn. So, again, come back after the break, Mr. Biz Tip of the Week, and we'll continue talking through Ask Mr. Biz questions. Business owners have a continually growing to-do list with little time for revenue-producing activities. With Check Off Your List and their experienced team of virtual assistants, you can focus on growing your business. Visit checkoffyourlist.com to learn how Check Off Your List's skilled team can handle your day-to-day tasks like social media, bookkeeping, calendar maintenance, and much more. Contact Check Off Your List at checkoffyourlist.com or call 888-262-1249 to see how their virtual assistants can help you live to work rather than work to live. Thank you for being a Mr. Biz Solutions subscriber and listening to B2B Radio. Would you like to have your business highlighted in this spot? You can reach our entire subscriber base, all of Mr. Biz Nation, every week and archive for future listeners. We can record your very own spot to highlight your business, and you can also use it anywhere else you want, including your website or social media. If you are interested, please email us at info at MrBizSolutions.com. Don't hesitate, because there are limited spots available. To submit questions to the show, email them to info at MrBizSolutions.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right. Welcome back to Mr. Biz Radio with me, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. Mr. Biz Radio is brought to you by Capital Plus. Capital Plus removes the hassles of balancing cash flow by becoming your full-service credit and collections department. And again, you can check them out at capplus.com forward slash Mr. Biz. All right. Mr. Biz tip of the week this week is... Beware of business scope creep. There's a lot of a lot of consonant P's in there, right? Uh, don't stray too far from the core of your business and your expertise. This relates to our a recent another recent tip we had about embracing your expertise. But um, I see this often, especially with companies as they scale and they get larger and larger, and they start to consider, which is a great idea, <clears throat> start to <clears throat> excuse me, start to consider other revenue streams and other ways that they can expand their business. Is that expansion starts to get out of control. You start to really start to reach on things that really are too far of a tangent off of your core of your business. And the risk with that is, you know, you're just not good at those things. Um, and or it's not an opportunity for you to be able to utilize some of your current customer base um, with your new project or your new product or whatnot. So um, definitely make sure that you you always keep that in check and at least have a, you know, see even a quarterly sort of gut check on that whether it's with your management team, if you've got, you know, uh, uh, someone who's sort of almost a third party would be great, uh, some sort of business coach, or, you know, if you've got, I don't know, <clears throat> a fractional CFO, on-demand CFO that you work with, someone like me, um, that, that can help you with that strategy and making sure that as you consider new things, that they're making sure that they're very complementary to what you already do and not getting too far outside of uh, your normal scope of, of uh, your business and your expertise. So that is the Mr. Biz tip of the week for this week. 
All right, so let's get back into this. Uh, we're talking about, uh, right before the break, I was talking about, you know, the number one question you have to answer for, for um, potential job seekers um, or candidates is why should they leave where they're at right now? And so I want to give you an example, a real-life example of how we were able to utilize this for one client. So I worked with a person, a woman who owned a salon. And as you can imagine, um, it's well, she had all women employees, and I think that's pretty – she had, uh, I think – eight or nine employees that were all women um, and all but one were single mothers. And so as we were thinking about the value proposition and what would make our salon better than other salons or more attractive to come and work at um, a single mothers, what is a challenge for single mothers, right? Daycare, caring for their children, things like that, managing that whole process. Well, it just so happens that there was a little kind of strip mall that the salon is in. Guess what else was in the strip mall? A daycare center. So uh, we, the owner and I talked it over. I went over and talked with the owner of the daycare center. Long story short, I won't bore you with all the details, but we negotiated it so the women could take their children, women that worked at the salon could take their children there at a discounted rate. So the uh, daycare owner gave us a discounted rate overall, and then the salon also supplemented it even further. So the daycare was extremely inexpensive for the women who worked at the salon, as well as their children were a mere, you know, 50-foot walk away or 100-foot walk away from work. So even if they took a 10-minute break, they could run over there and see their kids for 10 10 minutes. They get their lunch. They can go have lunch with their children at that daycare center. Um, Things like that. Now, guess what? You know what that did? So this all stemmed about because she was having some retention issues. Uh, people were leaving. Um, in that industry, typically, it's fairly transient. If I can make a little bit more money down the street at a different salon, that's where I'm going to go. Well, guess what? No more retention issues. As a matter of fact, now she has and still has to this day a waiting list because word travels around very quickly. And people say, oh, my gosh, that is a massive benefit and a benefit that I'm not getting at other salons. I want to come work there. And, and she, you, obviously, you have to start with you have to treat your employees uh, well and uh, compensate them fairly and things like that. But that's an example of like that little extra thing that can make you more attractive. And of course, going back to the original you know, genesis of this question is that's what you want to put in the job description. Hey, by the way, one of the benefits we have of working here is if you have children, we have a daycare center here practically on site, uh, very convenient to drop off. Think about it. Here's another challenge. If you do have your children in daycare, I know I, when, when, uh, uh, junior biz and little biz were smaller and younger and in a daycare, you know, I, there were plenty of times when I, mean, I remember that daycare closed. This was my corporate work days. That daycare closed at 6 PM and you got charged like exorbitantly am- amounts, exorbitant amounts for being late. And it closed at six o'clock. And I remember plenty of times of literally running through the hallways of JP Morgan chase, trying to get out to my truck to, to, to get over and pick up, uh, one of the biz kids to avoid that, you know, huge uh, late fee. Well, if they're right across the parking lot from you, it certainly makes things a lot easier, right? Um, so again, think of something like that that would be really valuable for your workforce, whatever it might be. In this case, that salon owner is that that's a good example, I think, of how to utilize something like that. Putting that in your job description or your job posting, you're going to get more people and you're going to get quality people um, and have the pick of the litter, frankly. Um, so that's going to help you tremendously. Is it worked for for her? All right, so now let's talk about um, 
uh, right along those lines. Good segue. And that's why I didn't uh, break up these questions. I kind of morphed them all together into one giant sort of story, I guess. So uh, another key to getting good candidates um, is that job description I just talked about. But it's it's different than offering that you know that extra little oomph that's more than what other people in your industry offer. It's more along the lines of an accurate job description. And what I mean by that is don't fluff up the job and make it more than it is. Uh, make sure that when you write that job description, you're exposing exactly what you expect. And I use the word expose uh, for, for dramatic effect on purpose. You want to make sure that you're exposing all of the warts, as they say, of the job, if that's what you're expecting. So, for example, if you have a job and it's uh, you're, you're going to hire a receptionist, but also you expect that the receptionist uh, every day is going to go in and clean the toilets, I know it sounds silly, but you need to put that in job description. Here's why. Think about it. You interview for a job to be a receptionist. You get excited, right? You come in, it's your first week on the job, you're really excited. That Monday, that first day, boss comes over and hands you, you know, a toilet scrubber and some rubber gloves and says, hey, okay, you need to go in and clean the toilets. And you go, excuse me? What, what, are you, what the heck are you talking about? I'm cleaning the toilet. I'm a receptionist. I don't clean the toilets. You'd be pretty pissed, right? I would. As I tell the kids all the time, life is about expectations. If I'm expecting to be a receptionist and all of a sudden I got to clean toilets, what the hell is going on here? Like, the, <laughs> this, is, this is a problem. But if that's what you expect, you got to make sure you're upfront about those things. Otherwise, if you think about it, you're kind of selling people a bill of goods. You're telling, I had this happen with a business owner. He had this job description. I read it and I thought, oh my gosh, this is like the best job ever. I want this job. It wasn't the reality of what was expected in that job. And so, Guess what the history was and how I was in and involved with this. He had hired four people in a row, and guess how many of them had quit within 60 days? Four people in a row because he had sold them a bill of goods, not purposely, but he fluffed up the job and made it more than it was. So as I like to say, don't fake the funk. Whatever you need, whatever the expectations are, make sure you lay them out very clearly, very definitively. And guess what? If you if you have a receptionist candidate, and that silly example I gave, and they balk at cleaning toilets, but that's what you need them to do, they're not the right person for the job, right? If that's what you truly need them to do, uh, maybe it's collection work. You got to make collection calls. Well, I don't want to do that. Then you're not the right person for the job. Doesn't matter how great you are at reception work. If that's part of the job that you don't want to do and you're not good at, the candidate's going to be frustrated. The owner's going to be frustrated. It's going to be a lose lose situation. We don't want to have that. So very, very important. Very accurate job description. Lays out all of the warts, all that stuff. Life is about expectations. Don't fake the funk. Repeat after me, don't fake the funk. Make sure we're taking care of that in the right way. All right, we're up against the break here. Uh, I'll come back and continue talking about hire, retaining, and attracting the best people on Mr. Biz Radio. Are you frustrated with trying to grow your business? You're not alone because the business growth experts at TriTraction are here to help. TriTraction's proven business systems, marketing, and sales formula has helped many businesses like yours achieve amazing results. Could your company benefit from explosive sales growth and a huge jump in website traffic? Call 800-719-4281 today for a free consultation with the business growth experts at TriTraction. That's 800-719-4281. Systems plus marketing plus sales equals business growth. Thank you for being a Mr. Biz Solution subscriber and listening to B2B Radio. Would you like to have your business highlighted in this spot? 
You can reach our entire subscriber base, all of Mr. Biz Nation, every week and archive for future listeners. We can record your very own spot to highlight your business, and you can also use it anywhere else you want, including your website or social media. If you are interested, please email us at info at MrBizSolutions.com. Don't hesitate, because there are limited spots available. Check out both of Mr. Business National Best-Selling Books, Pathway to Profits, and How to Be a Cash Flow Pro on Amazon. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right. Welcome back to Mr. Biz Radio. Good buddy, Mr. Biz here. And uh, we are humming along here. We've got two more things I want to get through in regards to attracting, uh, hiring, and retaining the best people, because again, it's uh, an issue that seems to be pretty prevalent, especially based on the volume of questions I'm getting around the topics, those topics. So um, another aspect of this is here's where some of these statistics come in. So you got to make sure you're very decisive during the hiring process, uh, decisive as well as um, very um, upfront with your communication. And what I mean by that is, and anyone who's looked for a job before, I'm almost certain at some point or another you've gone through this and it's made you super frustrated. You go interview for a job, you're excited about it, you, you're really anxious to maybe join that new company, uh, that new position, et cetera, and they tell you, we're going to make decisions by next Friday. Next Friday comes and goes. So now over the weekend, you're talking to some of your friends and you're like, should I reach out to them? Is that being needy? Is that being aggressive? I don't know. I mean, you know, if they told you Friday, maybe early next week, you reach out. You reach out, they don't respond to your email. And then it's the following Friday, a week late now. You haven't heard anything from them. Now you're like, oh, well, I must have lost the job. Well, in the meantime, you're probably, you know, your resume's out there. You may be interviewing other jobs. You may have considered another job and taken it, whereas you would have originally taken that first job had there been communication you knew better. So the best candidates... This is a statistic. The best candidates are off the market in 10 days. So that's one thing to consider. The second thing to consider is that 73% of people who seek a job, who are looking for a job, are passive job seekers, meaning that they're not out there posting their resume all over the place. But if you have an offer, they'll listen, right? They're keeping their options open, as they say. So think about that within your own company as well. So you got 10 employees, uh, on average, seven of them, or at least would consider other offers. So that goes back to some of the other things we had talked about, about being a preferred employer and things like that. But so considering that the best candidates are typically off the market in 10 days. And the reason for that, I hypothesize anyway, is because some people are maybe better at you and more decisive, uh, more efficient in their hiring process. And they're making decisions and they're plucking those. When they find a top candidate, they make it happen, right? Uh, They make the offer, they get them on board. They don't mess around and take too much time and go through that scenario that I mentioned earlier. Um, you know, outline that time frame for the candidates. Make sure you stick to it. And if you're not going to stick to it, if there's some some reason it got delayed, because some things, you know, things happen, right? Things may have happened to business and delayed things. Make sure you communicate that to them so they know exactly what's going on. Um, we, I've got a couple examples I can give you on how to sort of tighten up that process. So in the corporate world, at J.P. Morgan Chase, um, you know, anyone who worked with me there knows. What I used to try to do, well, not try to do, what we did was when we had a job opening is we would put together an interview team. So, for example, there might be four of us who were going to interview every candidate for that particular position. And we would bring those people in in a, I don't know, two-hour block. And all four of us would interview that, the, that one particular candidate. And what we would do is we'd bring several candidates in at the same time. 
as, as many as four, right? So think of it. You got four candidates come in. We have four interviewers. So say for the first half hour, I'm interviewing candidate one. Uh, someone else is interviewing candidate two, three, four, et cetera. We, at a half hour, bang, we all switch places. Basically, the second candidate comes in and interviews with me, et cetera, et cetera. So in a two-hour block, you knocked out four interviews with four candidates. At the conclusion of the two hours, the four of us, the interviewers, would sit down and discuss those four candidates. It's all fresh in your mind. It's very interesting because everyone has a different interviewing style, right? So you get different um, insights, different uh, things that you know that the candidate may have told uh, interviewer number two versus interviewer number four because of the questions they asked and the style they have. And so it was really good to be able to evaluate people. So not every time, but a lot of times, I mean, I would say probably two-thirds of the time, you know, we were very selective about the resumes and who we brought in. We didn't just bring anyone in. But I would say two-thirds of the time we made a hire, we can make a hire right then. And if that was the case and we had something that was a consensus and we were ready to hire, we'd make an offer that day. I'd call HR right afterwards or whoever the hiring manager was would call HR and make the offer that day. Now imagine that compared to the scenario I walked you through earlier where you go interview for a job, you leave, you might not even be back to your, well, you probably are back to your new, uh, your old job or back home or whatever, but barely. And you get a call from, you know, that company's HR saying you're wearing off your job. I mean, think about how that makes you feel, man, they must really want me. I walk in the door, I'm ready to kick some butt, right? Uh, I'm really, 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 really get after it. So make sure you do that. You can also bring, you know, do open interviews, um, maybe pick a Saturday and say, hey, come in for open interviews between 9 and 12. And you've got your whoever is going to do the interviewing. People just pop in as they want. Um, and again, you can, at the conclusion of that two, three-hour time frame, you sit down, anyone who's doing the interviewing, again, assess the candidates right then and be able to make a decision, make it very quick and efficient. It also makes it efficient for the hire, the interviewer and the person that's doing the hiring as well. As well. Um, so that's another thing to keep important. All right, so we've got about three minutes. I want to make sure I get through this last one. And that is be very careful when you have an open position of leaving it open too too long. Now, I should explain that because one uh, what I often say as well is don't just rush out to hire someone, right? You got to make sure you assess it. Do you really need it, um, et cetera? But if you leave that position open too long, now what happens? In a typical scenario, someone leaves. Who do you ask to step up? It, it may be you that steps in for some of it. But do you go to your worst performers and say, hey, can you fill in for me? No. You're going to your top performers on your team, right? So now what happens is oftentimes in that scenario is that position stays open. Let's say it's open for 60 days. In those 60 days, your top two performers, let's say, have split the duties of that additional role. Now they're working their butts off. So they're kicking butt in their old roles, their current roles, I should say, as well as stepping up in this, you know, fill the gap until you get someone hired. Well, you get busy, you get doing a lot of other things, and all of a sudden you start to take it for granted. Hey, the wheels haven't come off, uh, haven't fallen off. We, we've stayed on the road. This is great. So you delay it because now I'm saving money, right? I don't have that position. I'm not paying someone for that position. But here's the problem is, you know, you, again, they, it all gets lost and you take for granted the efforts they're having. They get disgruntled and they leave on you. So now, not only do you have a job opening that they're filling a gap for, but now maybe those two top performers get very disgruntled and say, what the heck is he doing or she doing? Why haven't they hired someone? I haven't even seen them interview anyone. So again, make sure, again, communication is key. You're letting them know, hey, I'm expecting to have someone. I'm bringing people in here, hoping to find someone good, get them on board in two weeks, et cetera, et cetera. 
but let them know what's going on so you don't end up with your top performers being disgruntled. The people who have really stepped up to the plate for you and gone to bat in a difficult time for you and filled that gap um, in their top performers for you, you want to make sure, A, you reward them. So frankly, you know, you should consider that strongly when, uh, you know, you get to the end of the year or whenever you do performance reviews, if you're going to have pay increases, um, if you pay out bonuses or anything like that, you should strongly consider that. And here's the thing. If that position is open for, let's say, two months, um, you've gone two months without paying the salary of whoever that, you know, whatever that open position was. So you've, budget-wise, you've got some money to play with there as far as a pay increase or or a one-time bonus to be able to say, hey, you know what, I really appreciate what you did. Because, again, another one of those things that I talk about is you have to really take care of your top performers. So it's on both sides. So the top performers are very difficult to replace. So you want to make sure you take care of them, make sure they know they're appreciated, not only monetarily but in other ways. And then on the flip side, the people who stink, you can't get rid of them fast enough. you got a bad employee, bad performer, you got to get them out of there because they erode your morale and just absolutely detriment to your business. That's it. That's it. That's all we got today. So those are the uh, tips on uh, attracting, hiring, and retaining some of your best employees, how to make that process more efficient, make sure you don't miss out on those best candidates, etc. Um, so again, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks to our show sponsor, Capital Plus. You can find them at capplus.com forward slash Mr. Biz or give them a call at 855-522-3951. Um, and I guess that's, that's about all I got for this week. So have a great week. Um, don't forget, as always, cash flow is king. This has been Mr. Biz Radio, sponsored by Capital Plus, a division of United Capital Funding Group. Capital Plus is your trusted resource for commercial financing and accounts receivable management. They've been providing working capital to businesses nationally for more than 27 years. Learn more about them at capplus.com forward slash Mr. Biz. Or to schedule a free consultation, call 855-522-3951.